You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Hello, Michael. Hello, Andre. Are you a little bit down because of what isn't happening this week? No, you're the one who's down. Oh. I'm just tired of talking about Chardonnay, but you're going to bring it up again. <laughs> well, I had it's, to. I mean, it's 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 like it's like my GERD is acting up again. I uh, you were kind enough to edit a, a post that's going to be going up on AndreWineReview.ca later today that you actually called a manifesto. It is your manifesto. I'm thankful I was able to print out my own copy because I am sure yours just had all kinds of bodily fluid on it. Oh, I was surprised that it was only six pages long when you printed it. Well, it was six pages long because I double spaced it to edit your drivel. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was being a little reflective over the the past week um, because I do. I've, I've called I4C Christmas in July, and I, I continue to call it Christmas in July, and I'm looking forward to next year, even though. It's still a year away, but I'm very disappointed that we're not going to get a chance to head down to Niagara and indulge in Chardonnay this weekend. I know you're, yeah, I, I like the Flights of Chardonnay event. I think that's a, a, a good event. Uh, the school the of reason cool is I like to taste a whole bunch of stuff. The School of so. Cool has been pretty good the past couple of years. Last year, the session about uh, English sparkling wine was very interesting. I unfortunately missed that. That would probably have been the only one I would have wanted to go to. Uh, as you know, we write a column for Toronto Life, and one of us had to uh, go in and taste the wines. Yes. So uh, you being uh, who you are when it comes to Chardonnay, <laughs> I uh, uh, gladly volunteered. Um, to be fair, in the piece that I wrote, uh, I, I don't think you give me an, enough credit in being discerning about what it is I actually I actually drink, but I am grateful I think I called you my uh, sarcastic Jiminy Cricket in the piece. Yeah, you misspelled Jiminy, by the way, but that's fine. Uh, that's what spell autocorrect is for. That movie is so old anyways, and book is so old. Like, I, how, I, how, the, how the hell do you spell Jiminy? Uh, it's with an e, uh, uh, E-Y, I believe. Um, so I thought I would talk to you just Unlike about... Unlike Jiminy Glick, which I think is the newest version of it. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the piece that, that I wrote, because... Um, for people who haven't read it yet, I talked a little bit about kind of those great moments when you're at the beginning of your, your wine career, the beginning of your uh, life as a wine lover, where it becomes very um, memorable when you have certain wines that just create these moments for you. And I, I wrote the piece about my relationship with, with Chardonnay. I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, but uh, I don't want this to be about about ABC, but I, I do want to talk a bit about your relationship with with Chardonnay and sort of where that started, where that started for you. I, I'm, I'm being, I'm being a little bit more, more serious right now because I moved to Ontario in 2007. Um, I drank a lot of Ontario wine before I started writing about wine in 2010, even in the three or four years there, like 2007 to up to about 2012, I'd say there were some issues with consistencies and portfolios from certain wineries. And pretty much after 2012, you know, I've, I don't think I've had to taste like a really awful bottle of Ontario wine, like something that was just, you know, something that was just made deliberately, like not something that's faulted, but something that well, was stylistically aren't you a deliberately lucky incorrect. Because yeah, I hate to say it, there's even to this day, Andre, there's still some 
very bad wine on the market. And again, we're again not going to say it. Uh, I think it's um, and I think it is prevalent through um, it's not just Ontario. It's prevalent every region, every for industry. Sure. When you go on, a, on a, one of those tours that you go on, most likely you're going to go to the wineries that um, uh, a certain, you know, Chile or Italy or Portugal or Spain wants you to go to totally because they know they're high end producers. They're not going to take you to Joe Blow, who's, you know, making drivel. And, yeah, yeah, totally. and so, uh, look, I hate to say it, but there still is that quality of wine being made in Ontario. But I'd say across but the some, board, people I'd drink say, it. And I'd say, I, and I'd I'm say not c- about to uh, name names, but there are people who drink it. And that's fine. If if a winery can can make wine without making anything of quality, then and and can sell it, then good okay, for you're you. spending too much time on 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 this focus. The point that I'm just trying to make is across the board, the the quality has consistently gotten better in the province. There are a lot more wineries making good wine than there are wineries making bad wine. And I'd say even from my experience moving to the province 13 years ago, you had good wineries that still had wines that were coming in that were either over-oaked or harvested under-ripe, we're finding a lot less of those mistakes ending up in bottle. Andre, I would, I would, I would give you these figures, and, and I, I, you know, give or take a percentage, I would say that uh, uh, in any region, any region, you are between 10 and 20% that are making outstanding wines okay. on a consistent basis. I would say there are 10 to 20% making sub, subpar wines. And then the uh, the mushy middle there is the uh, the average and good uh, wines. Yeah, and um, you know every so often those guys in the in the middle will come up with a really outstanding bottle, uh, but it's it's about consistency on that. And I would say that is not just for Ontario. I would say the same was for New Zealand, for Australia, for you name the country, for France, for Italy. You name the country, they have. I would say it all breaks down into that. I w- would agree with everything that you just said. Absolutely. But do you think that that lower 10% is smaller now than it would have been, say, 15, 20 years ago? Do you think 15, 20 years ago that that number in Ontario would have been 20 or 25%? Uh, oh, for sure. But, I mean, as a, as a nascent uh, wine industry, that, that is just what happens, right? Uh, there are those, the, the cream rises to the top and you, you want to, and they, you know, um, what's that old saying about uh, floats all boats or whatever it Rising is, tide as the, raises the all good ships. wineries uh, start getting good, they start to learn from the, the or they start to teach or the uh, middle starts to learn from them. And, you know, that, that brings it all up. So I want you to tell me about your, your relationship with, with Chardonnay. Like what? Who hurt you, Michael? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't have. Uh, if you're if you're looking for uh, who, uh, there is there is no who. It was just a massive uh, uh, bad bunch of Chardonnay that you had to taste. Uh, you you go to the the California wine show and you're like, Oh, you know what? Everybody's drinking Chardonnay. Let me see what I can taste. And and you start doing it and you're like, I couldn't drink that. I can't drink this. This is just horrible. This is over oaked. This is shadow two by four. There's a reason why shadow two before became uh, a a, a nomenclature that was not, uh, or that, that, that was prevalent. Uh, It's because it happened time and time again. If only one, yeah, 
winery did it, then, you know, somebody would have said it and everybody would have ha ha, that's pretty funny, but it never would have caught on into the lexicon of the jargon. Um, but, um, the, the reason it has is because there are so many out there and they still are out there. I know you, uh, and, and I love you for it. You got these blinders on for Chardonnay that, that drive me absolutely mental. Uh, but I but, don't think I do. You which? I, I don't think I do have blinders on when it comes to Chardonnay. I, I, I believe, I believe there, there, you have certain blind spots for Chardonnay. Uh, you are, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll give you this. I believe that when it comes to Chardonnay, you're like me and Gamay. Uh, I really like Gamay and I am willing to, you know, let's say, you know, we both use the star system. I would say that anybody who is making Gamay in Ontario these days starts at three and a half with me because I'm like, wow, I can't believe there's somebody new making Gamay. I'm very excited by this. And you, you can go up. Or you can go down, but you immediately start off at that that nice, you know, uh, good, because I'm very excited by that. And I believe that you probably look at that uh, the same way with Chardonnay. You probably go, I'm going to love this. And it's got to really disappoint you for you to for you to be disappointed. Um, no, actually, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I, I think the thing is, um... <laughs> oh, Andre, the blinders are out again. <laughs> no, the blinders, the blinders aren't out. It's just like I do think that, like when we were talking about that, uh, that percentage across the board is it's that ten eighty eighty ten. And the thing is, with with Chardonnay, the level of 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 quality is consistently higher. And I think if we were to break that percentages down, you might even go and say that there's a, a fifteen upper percent in Ontario just because people have figured out what they're doing. They figured out how to use oak properly. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot, a lot less use of new oak in, um, in most of the Chardonnay in the province, regardless of vintage conditions. Uh, we're seeing really great Blanc de Blanc being made. Um, I just, I, I, I know you say that it's blinders. I think that with something like Chardonnay, you're consistently getting more high quality wines than you are with something like Gamay. I disagree with you, but really, that's 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 my that's my prerogative. There's not there's not as much Gamay being made in the province. That's true. As Chardonnay, when we start, you know, and I believe that Ontario will start creeping up with Gamay when we get to comparable numbers. Then we can actually start making that comparison. But okay, that's uh, we fair. can't at the moment because there's fair. just not that much Gamay being made. No, and that's and that is absolutely um, absolutely a fair a fair comment a fair comment. Uh, I will. I, will I, I would say back. if we were going to do a, a apples to apples, made, uh, going with a, a red wine, I would say uh, Cab Franc would be uh, the comparable to uh, Chardonnay, and I'm talking an amount being made. Uh, well, I would say your ten eighty twenty or sorry your ten eighty ten breakdown is very apt to to Cabernet Franc, and I think. I think in a cool vintage, people are still trying to figure out what to do with Cabernet Franc. I, I think well, I, I, be, I believe that the knowledge is out there of what to do with it. It's all about about style, correct? So if you take somebody like uh, like Brian Schmidt, who doesn't use new oak anymore, uh, you take a, a lot of producers now that are using a, a lot of American oak in their in their Cabernet Franc because they think it gives it a little more richness, and yes, it does. It uh, gives it a more a little more body, uh, but but people are they they know what to do with with Cabernet Franc, and there's there's a lot of experimentation happening with it. And uh, I know I'm getting off on the Cabernet Franc uh, bandwagon here at the moment, but I'm just saying that we're learning Cabernet Franc just as much as we're learning 
uh, Chardonnay, and it's it's still in a, a 10, 80, 10, or 15, 70, 15, with Cabernet Franc and with Chardonnay. I'm just saying. it's it's It goes for it, – it, it's, it's in every region. I know we're talking about Ontario, but it's every region in the world. Okay, well, that's not the part, that's not what's uh, that's not what's up, up for debate. I like I said, I agree with you on that. I, th- I think the debate is that you are trying to say that Ontario uh, makes a better Chardonnay per not per capita but per <laughs> capita of, wine- of wineries, I guess. And I would I would go. I don't think that's true. I think we are still in that fifteen seventy fifteen. And I, I believe we'll always be there. We'll always be there. And it's, I, I believe it's just, it's just the way of a wine industry, and it's a way yes. of a wine, of a wine uh, uh, region. Okay, actually, I, I agree with you on that as well. Well, this is this is quickly turning into like a very boring, very boring debate. <laughs> I was hoping you'd get a little bit more, more fired up, like when you. Throw in label, 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 and and crap like well, that. Well, you, 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 you. I guess you're trying to get me um, to to do the ABC thing, and you told me not to. So no, I'm, um, and I'm glad that we I'm glad that we put put that to bed. But it's just sort of like you know, I don't think we've really unpacked what your origin story was because when we were talking when, in the piece that I wrote on my site, like I'm talking about that, I can I can vividly remember that first Chardonnay that made me fall deeply in love with the grape, and that was the 2011 Road 13 jackpot chardonnay not even something from ontario it was something from bc and i i'm just wondering if you had a similar experience with uh with like a chateau two by four that you were just like what the hell is going on no i actually i didn't have anything chardonnay was was never um that uh big a deal for me uh my my uh my mother um drank uh, of all things columbard from france for the longest time that was my introduction to wine mm-hmm. uh, my father drank diehard dinehard green label when he drank it all he was not a, a drinker in any way shape or form and that was a riesling so it's you know i don't i don't come from a family that was was um uh, was big drinkers let's say uh, my mother uh got into wine when i got into wine or later on because she's like oh well now this is more interesting than columbard which obviously i I mean a glass of water is more interesting than columbard except the water doesn't have booze in it um (laughs) but uh you know she would experiment occasionally with uh with a uh like i say an israeli uh chardonnay something that's that she'd go oh this looks interesting Uh, or an italian chardonnay um but you know usually you know at that time french and german you know, if you're going sweet, which my father was, it's all about uh, German and, and Riesling. Uh, and if you wanted to try something a little more dry, it was it was it was French. It was, you know, I, I my my uh, my big love uh, or my my first bottle of holy moment Ontario wine was a shot of a charm. Uh, 1999 uh, Cab Merlot. Uh, it was just I was like, oh, holy God, this is an absolutely outstanding bottle of wine. I could drink this, you know, um, you know forever sadly you can't because obviously it, you you learn that they age and they change but it was an absolute great bottle of wine it was you know 18 20 bucks at the time and uh it was just something i i just totally adored i was like all over it i bought bunches of it 
but Chardonnay was just not not on my radar. As a, I drank a fair number a fair number of Ontario Rieslings, loved Ontario Riesling, have a stockpile of Ontario Rieslings that are aging, but I don't drink a lot of Riesling anymore because you know. Well, uh, well your wife can't I, handle I, it. <laughs> well, my wife can't handle it. I uh, I don't feel like drinking a bottle of Riesling on my own. Uh, when people come to visit or when we do uh, you know one of our podcasts on old Riesling. Happy to pull them out and and pleasantly surprised. Um, people come over; they want to, you know, uh, winemakers, uh, wine lovers. Everybody wants to 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 do riesling, and I'm I'm more than happy to pull some out. But I've got you know some ten, almost some twenty year old rieslings that are kicking around in the cellar now. Well, there we go. All from Ontario. I, I I'm I'm going not going to lie. This is uh, slightly anticlimactic, but. Uh, I know you. Uh, I know you. You said what I wrote was a manifesto, but I talked a little bit about uh, just what it's been going from Chardonnay drinker to Chardonnay maker. And uh, have you had a chance to look at the programming for I foresee this weekend? The, uh, the um, online. It has, the it has online? crossed my desk um, uh, over email, and I've looked at it, and I'm like, nope, not interested. Nothing interests me in any way, shape, or form in that uh, in that program. Um, I think the the decade of cool, the morning session with Andrew Jefford, where he's going to be met with past keynote speakers, is is a really interesting way to kind of uh, circle around. I know it's really d- disappointing because it was supposed to be the tenth version of I foresee this year, so it is a little heartbreaking. That, well, doubly heartbreaking that it's not happening because I think it was going to be a, a spectacular celebration. Um. But the uh, we've got the afternoon session, which is a debate with Cool Chardonnay, with John Zabo, Trevering, Brad Royale, Veronique Rive. And then again on Saturday, a session toasting to Cool Chardonnay with John Zabo and Michael Goodell. Um, all the people whom I really enjoy, but it just it just seems a little monotonous to me. Um, I, I, I think I think the I4C uh, with that is kind of phoning it in. Uh, if you want my opinion, um, you know what? everybody's home these days everybody can't it's not like everybody's you know flying to california flying to spain flying to italy and you can't get them make a a few calls go hey would you like to be part of it you don't have to use the same people over and over and over and over again holy christ i'm tired of that well and i know that um the social media account the cool chardonnay instagram account's been doing a really good job promoting individual wines but I know after speaking with some winemakers over the, the past couple weeks that uh, some of the wineries are, are feeling like this could have been an opportunity to help feature some of the wineries. And, you know, I'm taking a look at the LCBO website. I feel like the LCBO has dropped the ball as well. Like, I don't know why, you know, an I4C package couldn't have been put together, something like that. I realize when you're dealing with a government agency that things can move a little bit slow. But, I mean, we've all been sitting at home, working at home since March. You know, and I foresee has been canceled for a couple of months. I well, I I remember last year buying uh, some Cremant de Jura, which I thought was great, and I was kind of looking forward to you know because it, it's been in two years in a row. I missed the boat the first year because I went, oh, I'll just buy that tomorrow, and I didn't. Last year I bought it like right on the spot. I'm like, I'm buying more of that, so I got that, and I was kind of looking forward to trying it again and doing the same thing this year, but uh, alas, uh, that is not to be. Um, but I, I don't know if the LCBO, and, and again, you are more up on this than I am, being the Chardonnay lover that you are, <laughs> um, that, uh, you know, they don't even have, uh, I, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I haven't seen the, the I4C edition of the Vintages magazine, and they usually have one. 
Yeah, and that's what I said because I'm on the LCBO website right now, and they've got all sorts of all sorts of collections and everything. The front page is is loaded up and and organized pretty well. Like the LCBO has done a fairly good job um, in in getting their online store looking great. But let's see, we've got a little box that says "Local." Show your local love. Let's click on that. Cheers to wines of Ontario. Exploring the wine regions, beer, craft ciders. It's just. You know, there, I just feel like there could have been something for I4C there. So that's just a, a little I, bit. I, I believe there could have been too, because I, I remember in years past, what you would do is you would go, if you were at I4C or anytime during the I4C, you can go to the LCBO, you, uh, whatever it was, LCBO slash I4C, and you could see the list of wines, put the put your code in. And, you know, maybe there's people who, who even, you know, tried things last year and go, you know what, maybe I want to just, I'm going to buy something um, uh, based on what I tried last year. Let me try the new vintage of that. Uh, it looks like the LCBO has dropped the ball on that. And now that being said, if I do want to end on, end, on a, end on a high note, because I was planning on talking to you about I4C on this, I'm looking at the newsletter that went out today uh, from Wine Country Ontario talking about I4C. They have a cool contest at the, bo- at the bottom, the at-home cooking challenge. They literally have a list of recipes from different chefs who have taken part in the event in the, in the past. Um, you know, we've got... Which one are you going to make, Andre? I'm just taking a look at it right now. We've got a poached salmon with herb crust from uh, Chef Jason Williams at Treadwell. Uh, lobster with ricotta ravioli from Chef Ryan Crawford. Uh, I mean, I've been watching my calories pretty carefully as the pandemic's gone on, but there's definitely some stuff here. It's a lot of lobster, lobster and cream. I mean, stuff that definitely goes with Chardonnay. Oh, Chef Michael Olson. He's got green curry meatballs with coconut. That sounds good. That's a little odd combination, but sure. What the heck? Yeah, uh, Michael, sure he Michael tends to know. Michael uh, tends to know what he's doing. That one. Do you do you follow Michael on uh, Chef Michael Olson on uh, Instagram? I believe I am. Uh, I am uh, uh, a follower. Is that what they call him these days? Yeah, he's he's always got some cool stuff that's being cooked. I love uh, I love his account. Yeah, there's some good chefs in Niagara. We should uh, we should get a couple of those guys on. I think that's a. I think that's a great idea. It's. Um, I, I've been saying this kind of quietly, and, and I don't think I've said it on the podcast. And you know, the spotlight for the 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 hip scene in Toronto has been shining brightly on Prince Edward County for almost a decade now, and I, I don't think that that shines about to go anywhere. But St. Catharines and Niagara is about to explode with a with a renaissance. The restaurants that are are opening up down there. There's some real, you know, Toronto swag creativity coming up up on menus and they're not quite as expensive and i I don't mean to be putting anyone down to say that the restaurants are are emulating toronto but the reality is i just we have a lot more to choose from in this city and to have some really cool hit places in niagara and st Catharines is something to look forward to once once the economy's reopened we'll see who's left open right you know they they the 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 chefs got right behind the 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 wine um the wine scene and Niagara kind of lagged a little behind. We had some good restaurants, and then, then there was kind of like a, a, a lag or a, 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 you know, it's as the U.S. says, it's the lost month. But it was a, a lost few years. Yeah. So. All right. Well, February was the lost month, February. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we, we wrap up? I, I I think I've said my piece. I've said enough uh, uh, as, as Ed Madronic says, I've probably said enough controversial things to uh, get people <laughs> mad at me, so. I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to, to me flights. This time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to flights of Chardonnay in 2021. And you know, it's been great to see as a society everyone working to stay safe. And 
you know what? Even even if the weekend passes, hopefully the LCBO, maybe someone from the LCBO will listen to this podcast and we'll get a list of wines that we could order because uh, it'd be nice to order some more some more Chardonnay that we wouldn't normally be part of the roster of the uh, at the, of the vintages section. Hey, I, I'm all for getting a little more Cremant de Jura. That Chardonnay that they put out, I can't even remember the name of the uh, the name of the company. I'll look it up and I'll tag it into the uh, into the podcast. But they made a really good bottle of, of bubbles. So and you ha- know me in bubbles. So happy episode 200, Michael. Oh yeah, jumping! It is. This is episode 200, folks. We should have put that at the beginning. But thank you for listening. For all of you who have actually listened to all 200 episodes, you've got more stamina than Andre and I have. We haven't. Um, <laughs> but uh, like, I mean, thank you. Uh, thanks to everybody who's who's listened and has uh, allowed us to reach this milestone. And if you want to help us get to episode 400, uh, I mean, some people, God forbid, we get to episode 400. Uh, consider checking out our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash two guys talking wine, um, you could donate a couple bucks a month, five bucks a month. Um, we, we run this sort of on the, on the goodness of people's generosity. It isn't expensive to make the podcast, but we do have some expenses associated with keeping this, keeping this going. Um, we're going to have some new, le- we're going to have some new levels coming up. We're just trying to figure, figure those out. So yeah, but yeah, we're working on it. Yeah. I'm Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca. And I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Is it is it time for that already? Good night. Yeah, that. Whatever he said. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.